Hello, 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 and welcome to Working at the Wheel. I'm your host, Vicki Dombeck, and this is episode five of our podcast, and we are so happy that you're joining us. To tell you a little bit about ourselves, Working at the Wheel is a podcast produced by student leaders from the Christian Campus Ministry Badger Crew. We're set in Madison, Wisconsin, but our goal is to be a resource to young adults across the world. We get our name from Jeremiah 18, where God is referenced as a potter, working at the wheel as if we are the clay. Today, our topic is talking all things media, social media, movies, music, and all kinds of media consumption in a very saturated world that we live in today. Uh, so this is a topical episode that is going to be in between our Home Alone series episodes that you've been listening to with us. Um, but I know I'm really excited about this topic, so without further ado, I'll introduce the wonderful people that I'm sitting next to today. Uh, so once again, we've got two awesome guest stars and a podcast team co-hosts here with us today. We've got one of our Badger Crew staff members in Jordan Mansell here today. How's it going, Jordan? Hello, Victoria Grace. So great to see you. <laughs> we've also got a student in Badger Crew and our creative comms director in Natalie Pratt. How's it going, Natalie? Good. Good to be here, Vicki. Finally, we've got my podcast team co-host, Preston Bosley. How's it going, Preston? I'm good. So to kick off this episode, we're just really going to open it up and get this conversation going. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today in terms of media because there's a lot of media out there. So I don't know if someone wants to start us off and maybe thinking about the topic of social media especially because that's been something that has really encompassed our world the past couple of years. I feel like it would be really good to start on the idea of comparison with social media and how it can impact our daily lives as we are seeing social media like in all different platforms throughout our life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Comparison can be a really big thing that we see on social media, um, especially since so many different outlets have become more popular. You know, a couple years ago, we didn't see things like Instagram or TikTok or anything else come up. It was MySpace, and I'm sure Jordan Mansell over there had a had his very own MySpace page. I actually did not have a MySpace page. Um, I was a little late getting onto Facebook in college, but did not have a MySpace certainly made fun of it. Yeah, so like Natalie said, comparison can be a big thing when it comes to social media, um, and it's not something that God wants from us. So Natalie, do you want to talk maybe a little bit about um, how we can com combat that comparison um, in any way or any truths that we can truly focus on in terms of when we are using social media? Yeah, I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that we have all been created in the image of God and we're all being used for a specific purpose and so seeing what someone else has or the uh, way that someone's life going and comparing our own life to it isn't always healthy because everyone likes to post like their best um, pictures on social media of them smiling and it's hard to know exactly what's underneath the surface of what's going on in their life. And it's important to know the truth that God has a plan for your life and that we are not all on the same paths. Obviously, we're all given different talents. And so seeing on Instagram and TikTok and like all the other different platforms that we mentioned before and comparing our own lives to them isn't always healthy and isn't what God wants of us. Yeah, so obviously um, pretty much everybody in this day and age has some sort of social media. Um, so what are some ways that we can maybe use social media for godly promotion and ways that we can use this amazing technology that God has put in our lives um, to glorify him instead of comparing ourselves to others? What are some ways that we can really focus on like godly promotion and, and using the amazing blessings of technology that he's put in our life 
um, to just show truths that he has and do it widely as possible because, you know, the internet and the amazing thing that it is is nationwide and we can just use it to affect people that maybe we don't even know. Uh, well, I can certainly chime in on that. So some of the venues that I use the most are, are Facebook and Snapchat. And if you look into demographics, most older users definitely use Facebook. A lot of younger users, especially guys, use Snapchat. So I've run into a lot of freshmen, sophomore guys that actually don't have Facebook. And so sometimes the only way to connect with them is either Snapchat or if you can find their Instagram. But I also have... As a ministry staff, I raise my own support. Um, so I have a lot of people on my support team uh, that range you know, from different generations. And for my younger supporters, I've actually had quite a few people that have come up to me at weddings and get-togethers when I see them down the road and comment the fact that they love watching my Snap story because it gives them a window into what's going on in ministry. And so there are times where I pull out my phone to capture something really cool happening either on the staff team or in ministry. And the people around me sometimes roll their eyes, but like the purpose of why I'm doing it is not necessarily to like promote my own brand as much as give some of these supporters like a window into like what's happening on campus, especially during a pandemic because I get so many questions as to like, are you guys meeting? Like, is everything virtual? Like, what does that look like? And so this shows them what ministry is actually looking like. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I believe that there's a lot of positive uses to social media and ways that we can influence people because we are constantly looking at our phones all day and being aware of what people are posting. And so being the uh, director of creative communications has let me share the gospel with people through the Badger Crew Instagram page and Facebook and all of our other different social media that we have. And even if it's something as posting a verse on your story that's reaching hundreds of people that are able to see it and just be able to be filled with truth in their day as they're scrolling past so many different other posts that aren't always um, helpful to see. Um, and I think that's a big thing, like with the election too, I feel like a lot of different opinions are being posted online and it's easy to get overwhelmed, but if someone clicks on your story or sees a post that you make with a verse or some sort of um, godly truth, it's so much more motivating to see and um, just knowing that you really have an impact on people's lives, even with something that may create 30 seconds to post. Absolutely. I think that's all great. And uh, kind of the last point that I really want to hit on before we maybe move on to some more um, media outlets and some more consumption ways um, is just, you know, we see a lot of people, unfortunately, placing their identity in social media, in likes and comments compared to placing their identity in God. And one verse that I actually want to reference is Galatians 1.10. Um, and that says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So the last thing I just kind of want to add once again before we move on to some different um, mediums is just this comparison, while social media can be great, um, this comparison can also be very toxic. It can also just be another way for the enemy to place lies in our lives. Um, so at the end of the day, I firmly believe that social media can be a great way to minister to so many people, whether it be through followers, likes, comments, but it also needs to be a personal discernment in 
is this truly helping me more than hurting me? And that's something that is hard to take a step back and really think about um, in terms of social media. I know when I look at my screen time on my phone, it's about 80% social media. And while I can look at that and be like, oh, I'm, us- I'm using social media to promote God, it's okay. There's definitely ways where I still see comparison and jealousy within that. Um, so I think it's just as important to use social media to promote the truths of God, but also be weary of where it could be an outlet to us that may have some lies out there. So I come from a, a different generation. Uh, I come from a, the baby boomers. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I was actually born in the early 80s, which is on the cusp of the end of Generation X and the millennials. And I was a freshman in college in 2001 and this was when social media was really brand new like in high school we had this thing called ICQ which is kind of like this messenger thing with your friends and then uh, AOL instant messenger uh, I mean it was funny you walk down the hallways and you, you could hear uh oh uh oh and you guys probably don't know what that means but it means <laughs> you got a new message um, and so every time you sent that it, it would say that Facebook was new in college. I can still remember the first time somebody yelled out a car window and yelled Facebook me, and that was the most ridiculous thing somebody could say at the time. <laughs> and now we just hear that and we're like, oh, we know exactly what it means. I was also the first to introduce Facebook to my family, all my siblings and my parents. And I can remember being a senior in college and interacting with my roommate, and he told me, he was a psychology major, and he said that people today are very overconnected. And I remember asking him, what, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you know, with the advent of social media, we're becoming very connected to our friends from high school, childhood friends, relatives, but we're not actually connecting with them. And I, I think that's one thing that I want to remind people is that social media is not authentic community like there's some aspects of interacting with others but it's not authentic and you know I looked up um, some statistics the Barna group which is kind of like the Gallup poll of Christianity they track trends within the church and within our culture and they found between 2003 which is when Facebook really entered into the scene between 2003 and 2019 all Americans who felt lonely or isolated doubled from 10 to 20%. Uh, And US News reports today that one third of all young adults suffer from loneliness. And so even though we feel very connected to each other with these social media venues, it's actually creating a more isolated, lonely environment, especially, you know, when you bring in the comparison game, because people aren't putting their true self out on social media. It's it's sort of a form of putting on a mask. You know, we talk about in the church all the time of wearing different masks and hiding our true self. Well, that happens all the time in social media venues. I think that's really interesting to hear like how you've grown up with and being introduced to the social media because I feel like I was just born into it. And while Instagram was created um, when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, it kind of has always been around. I was born and Facebook was here. So it's really interesting to hear how you have like been able to add it to your life. And 
I just bring up the verse Colossians 3.2 and it says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And I think that's just a verse that we always need to come back to and making sure that we have our minds focused on the Lord and not what others are thinking of us and how many likes we're getting because it's so easy to be overwhelmed with um, how many likes do I have versus how many did my friend get on this post and that's not what we are called to do. We're called to be messengers of the Lord and to preach the gospel and going back to what we were saying about comparison it's just important to know where your identity lies and it lies in having a relationship with Jesus Christ and um, we were all created to have a purpose here and the amount of likes you get on a post and the amount of followers you have is not going to determine um, your purpose here on earth. Absolutely and I think all of that is just such truth and Going back to something that Jordan said, we do live in a time right now where because we're in the middle of a pandemic, personal community and connection can be hard. So something I want to reference to is um, actually in our second and third episode that has already been put out here um, at Working at the Wheel, we do talk a lot about friendships and ministering to your friends within a global pandemic. So if you're looking for more resources in terms of, like Jordan said, connecting through technology is not true community, um, I would reference those and have you check those out. Um, And then up next to moving on, we really want to use the Colossians verse that Natalie talked about to transition into looking at other forms of mediums too, and other ways of consumption that we have, whether that be movies, music, um, and just kind of this idea of living in a secular world that is full of secular communication. So Preston, you've been quiet over there. I, I figured you'd be quiet during that first part, but I know this is a topic that you're very passionate about, so I was wondering if you wanted to kick off the conversation in, in looking at this topic, too. I think the best way to start would be to encompass the entirety of the topic, starting with referring to the beginning, basically what social media has done, created an arbitrary social currency. So basically, followers, likes, comments, things like that is now monetary in a way, where it's like the more you have, the more valuable you are. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, the, the things that are perceived to be of worth are heavily propagated or brought up and um, shown as the things that are of worthiness in media outside of social media. So television, movies, music, where they are the ones that sort of dictate what is cool, what is unique, what is the thing to be desired. And then social media takes those ideas and then just makes it a big old mess. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to define kind of what we want to talk about in this topic too. And even just thinking about the ideas of what are we putting in this world, of things of this world? What are we putting in front of our eyes? What are we putting in our minds and our heads and in front of our hearts that are really potentially going to affect us? Because, you know, these mediums and communications have a form um, and have the sole purpose of affecting us, drawing us in, want, you know, wanting to crave more. Um, but when those things aren't necessarily really great godly things, you know, how can we combat that draw in from these mediums? And how can we really say no to them when they're doing such a good job at pulling us in? I, w- I would begin with, with when, when approaching any sort of Anything that you're, you are consuming, whether it be social media, even food, 
You're just like anything in your day that is consumable. Think, it, who is this glorifying? If this is glorifying God, then you go with it. Um, so I bring up food where it's like gluttony. You know, if you, if you eat too much, then it's you know unholy. So same with like media. If you are watching a movie and you start to recognize themes, ideas, or even specific actions where you're like, well, this is not godly. This seems like a very secular idea. That's that's a red flag. And at that point, recognizing it, turning from it, even turning off the movie to help guard your heart. Your your it says that you like your eyes are the windows to your, the window to your soul. So if you are witnessing these lifestyles or these themes being lived out, and you're not able to stop and think that's wrong, then you too will begin to live like that. I think this question applies to to social media as well. Um, I yeah I think you know in in thinking about like where's the line because um, I think. Some people do it well, and some people do it really poorly. I wrote down a few things. Uh, how to tell if it's a problem. Uh, are you stressed about posting content? Uh, does a given week or a given day, and you're just stressed out about what I need to post? One reason why I really don't like Instagram is because I feel like you have to make these extremely beautiful images and use the right filters. And I'm like, wow, that just stresses me out to the max. And so you don't see me on Instagram very often. And you know, <laughs> there's not that pressure on Snapchat. Does it stress you looking at other people's content? The great thing about Facebook, especially during an election season, is you can snooze people for 30 days. And it's amazing how quickly 30 days rolls around and all of a sudden you get like 10 things on your uh, newsfeed <laughs> about somebody sounding off on, on politics in a very brash way. Another question is, are there individuals out there that are causing online harm to you? Bullying is not just real in person, like online bullying uh, happens as well. And I would say in, in cases for your own personal health, it might be wise to block someone or see less content. Um, there are several individuals that I've done that to. Um, not to say that I completely expel them from my life, but they're just expelled from my online social media presence. But yeah, and, and then also ask yourself, you know, does what, what I'm portraying on social media really reflect me as a person? Because if not, it could be a huge mask that you're, you're wanting to portray out there. Yeah, I completely agree with what Preston was saying about, is it glorifying the Lord? I feel like in elementary, middle school, whenever I was instructed on like how we should go about posting things, it was more, is it hurting someone else or is it not reflecting your true character? But I think another part we need to add is, is it glorifying the Lord? And how do we go about glorifying the Lord through what we post and how we're portraying ourselves in an online presence? And I think too, all of those questions that you just posed can be asked in terms of consumption of any type of media. Is consuming this movie glorifying to God? And I think that's something too that we just have to ask ourselves when it comes to media is, is number one, is this glorifying to God? Number two, is this a right portrayal of what I want to be as a child of God? I don't think that all secular music is bad. I don't think that all secular movies are bad. But at the end of the day, if it's something that is giving a vehicle to the enemy to pull us and tempt us, God doesn't want that. And 
God doesn't want to even give him that power whatsoever. So I just think that's another way, too, that we can look at those questions in terms of social media, yes, but any type of media consumption, even news, like I said, movies, music, television shows, anything that we are putting in front of our eyes or listening to, that we need to kind of make that decision of, if I played this out loud for the entire world to hear and see right now, how would I truly feel? And how would God feel about it? And I will also certainly add to that, not everyone is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just in terms of consuming media, uh, I remember working, I had a boss in Stevens Point who sometimes, like, if a video would flash an elbow of a woman, like, it would feel, like, over the top in terms of, I mean, this is kind of an exaggeration, but the line is different. I think we have to be extremely critical with ourselves because mm-hmm. we can give ourselves a pass by saying, oh, you know, this doesn't bother me or this doesn't tempt me or this, this doesn't cause me to sin. I think we all want to say that, but I think we have to be very critical. And just to know, like, not everyone's the same. Like, I love news and politics and, you know, it helps me stay informed and know what's going on in our culture. Some people, they turn it on and they get extremely depressed. And so the I think the line is different for each individual, but you must look at yourself honestly and critically. To interject, combining what you guys just said, reminds me of a story. So a couple weeks ago, my roommates and I, we all watched the movie Hereditary. And the thing is, is I have been studying filmmaking just like on my own for years. And horror movies all follow a very similar pattern and the camera move and the music. So so it's it's likened to like taking a math test, like if I know all the equations going in, like that's not gonna scare me. But if someone if or if I had no idea what this equation meant, I'd probably freak out. So that's what it was like for my roommates who had no idea what they were getting into. Um, which is I think scientifically the fourth scariest movie ever made. Dude, some someone just recently did a study and it was based on heart right so so what i failed to realize is is the detrimental effect of the spirit of fear um Mm. basically i was not affected because i understand the movie enough and i've seen it before but after watching the movie and seeing what like how my roommates took it they were like visibly like upset by it because they were so frightened so I hadn't taken into account the fact that others would be viewing this differently than me. Not to say that I am any better or any less righteous for enjoying and watching horror movies, but to understand the difference that your heart may have for a given topic, to have the discretion when trying to share that with others around you. Which kind of poses to a question that I want to bring up for anybody. Is consuming secular mediums bad? And I guess I'll just leave it as broad as that to get some broad answers. I was just going to really quick reference. So with, with Hereditary, there, there's very unchristian like themes in it. They literally state at the end of the movie, we, we reject the Trinity and we're serving this demon guy, which um, basically it's about like the possession of different <laughs> bodies. It's a whole thing. It's a really well-written movie. But the thing is, is the fact that it's based off of demonic possession and actual like evil spirits. Anyone who is not aware of one the power of Jesus Christ over these demonic powers or demonic spirits it would be significantly worse to watch so consuming this movie is I would say as a Christian 
a not healthy thing to do. Um, but th- it has, it takes, it would basically take one Christian to have to kind of take it on, see if it's like healthy. It's kind of like the lookout. It's like, is it is the coast clear for mm. you know the rest of the people following? Yeah, someone with discernment, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, so basically that 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 could be the role you have is where it's like if if you if you're afraid to get uncomfortable, like if if it's music that's not doesn't resonate with you yet it's popular or if it's a scary movie things like that, don't subject yourself to it. But if you are someone who can handle it and want to lead people by using that discernment, that could be. A skill that God has given you so that you can minister to people in that way. So two answers for one question, but it, it depends on how you perceive the world. Man, I was getting scared as you were explaining that. <laughs> what's, the number, what's the number one scientific? Sinister. Sinister? Yeah, I didn't think it was that scary. Wow, actually. and I've actually seen that. I'm officially <laughs> going to request that list so that I don't watch that. <laughs> um, to, yeah, to answer your question as well, I mean, we could seriously take out all non-Christian media and then call ourselves Amish or you know traditional Mennonites, and I, I think that's that's an extreme. Or we could get very immersed in secular culture as well, and that would have a serious impact on our faith as well. I, I think a big question we could ask ourselves is: Are we a thermostat or are we a thermometer? Mm. And what I mean by that is, some people when they get uh, engrossed in the world with non-believers, uh, they change. Uh, changes their faith, uh, become very wishy-washy in their faith, they start to live a double lifestyle, and that's obviously not a good thing. That would be somebody who is a thermometer, they change with their circumstances. Or are you a thermostat? Are you somebody that wants to bring light to dark places? And again, I think you have to be really self-critical because we could easily say, oh, well, I'm a thermostat in all situations, but we might not realize how the world is changing us around us. There are a lot of conservative Christians I know that have a very skeptical eye on crew, for example, because we've gone above and beyond to try to reach the culture, and we have done outreach strategies, and we have a, a flavor to our weekly meeting and evangelism that people in conservative Christian world might frown upon, but I love it because we've seen people who are changed by Christ through uh, our strategy and methodology. And one comparison I even want to make with that too is we think about community, right? And we think about how God still calls us to have community outside of Christian community just to be a resource to them and to be that outlet and be able to share his truth with them. So the same thing kind of goes with this, where if we're educating ourselves on maybe these secular mediums um, or trends that are going on, kind of like what Preston was saying, it might give us a better opportunity to connect and really find these common connections with people out there. Once again, we need to have discernment. We need to have just very critical view for ourselves, especially. But looking at, at that perspective as well, in terms of immersing ourselves within it in order to serve God and letting God take the wheel and drive us through that um, and guide us through that, I think is definitely a way that we can still glorify God while consuming some of the world's secular mediums. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's hard to completely avoid it. For instance, when we had in-person Badger games at Camp Randall, Mm -hmm. 
they play secular music, they're not playing Christian music, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to avoid the Badger football games because they play that type of music and it's not completely Christian. And I think it's also just, like, discerning, like, how are you, like, perceiving it? How are you taking that away? And if it's, like, impacting you and obviously praying about it too and, like, Mm -hmm. having wisdom if um, you should continue to listen to that music or watch that movie or show because the Holy Spirit will speak through you and will definitely guide you as to whether that should be continued or not. Um, For those of you who are listening out there, I actually have an kind of an off-the-wall challenge uh, for you. I tried this starting actually at the start of the pandemic just because I wanted to see how it would impact uh, my life and my phone usage. My phone has been on Do Not Disturb all day uh, since March. And obviously I've turned it down a few times if I'm expecting an important phone call. But some of you out there probably just fainted or uh, swallowed water down the wrong pipe or something like that. Even at the suggestion because you're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, I cannot go without getting notifications on my phone. One thing I realize is every time I feel my phone vibrate, whether I'm in a meeting or in a conversation with staff or students or at a weekly meeting, I get a little bit of stress because I want to know who's trying to contact me, what does somebody want. And to tell you the truth, 99% of the notifications you get are not time critical and important. Mm -hmm. Now, I've made the mistake sometimes of going without checking my phone for literally hours. But if you're a person that checks your phone quite regularly, your phone becomes a servant to you rather than you becoming a servant to your phone. And I loved it so much. I'm like, you know what? Like even when ministry starts back up in the fall, I'm going to keep my phone and do not disturb. Uh, It can drive a few staff crazy if they need to know (laughs) something immediately. But usually the thing that they need to know is not as important as they think it is. But it's something to give a try, maybe for a week, and see how you like it. I absolutely love the fact my phone is sitting right here, and I know it's going to do nothing <laughs> for the entire hour, hour and a half that we're here. Hey, make a good point. Um, Elon Musk likened us to cyborgs. Um, <laughs> because of our reliance on technology, he says that if technology is an extension of yourself, then you are a cyborg. And if you can't live or you can't wake up in the morning without checking your phone or you can't like function with that with it on do not disturb, you are definitionally a cyborg. Um, I have to define what is a cyborg to us in Generation X. Well, a cyborg, okay, so you can just think of the cyborg from the DC superheroes. Basically, he's like half human, half robot. Yeah. So, so, combined nails, what Elon Musk said. Sounds scary. He's. Um, if you if you are biological and you combine yourself with technology to the extent where you cannot survive without it you are a cyborg and i don't know if that's if that means anything to anyone or if you're shaking your head because they don't care um just think about like reliance in the future um it's all it might it might be notifications now but then like it can turn into not just something that takes up all of your time, but it will also just like consume your life. So basically, get off your phone, uh, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> I was gonna say that I think this also leads to the idea of an addiction and how 
normally when we think addiction, we think like alcohol or drugs, but I think social media can be a huge addiction in our lives. And one example of this is I downloaded Snapchat when I was in seventh grade. I was so excited. And when streaks came into play, it caused reason to constantly be Snapchatting people and responding to them. And as soon as I would get a Snapchat from them, I'd open it up and like automatically respond. And it was just a picture of my face. So coming to college this year, I deleted the whole app. And the first week after deleting it, I found myself just automatically going to click where Snapchat was and realizing it wasn't there anymore. And it was I realized that it was an addiction in my life because I subconsciously was going back to that, just wanting to respond to people, and it was taking up so much of my time, even though I wasn't even communicating with people. And an excuse I had prior to deleting it was that I was com- like communicating with people and staying in contact with them, but really I was just sending pictures of my forehead to people, and <laughs> I feel like after deleting it, I have had so much more intentional conversation through calls or FaceTime or text even because we are actually talking about things. Well, that would explain to me why lots of college students just send me pictures of their forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm like, am I supposed to respond to this? (laughs) I guess I've never really gotten into streaks. So yeah, you you, you had become a a cyborg because you had You're a cyborg, Natalie. A biological function was your muscle memory going mm-hmm. to, to the same spot. It wasn't necessarily even the dopamine release that you get from mm-hmm. like yeah. having the um, the fulfillment of like opening a snap and responding and things like that, which is also why you shouldn't go on your phone when you wake up in the morning. I think that affects like either your sleep cycle or, or your motivation of getting out of bed. So what I usually what I used to do is I would keep my phone on my desk and use that as my alarm. Um, so then you have to physically separate yourself from your bed in order to get to your phone. One, it gets you out of bed, gets the blood flowing. Two, you're not gonna lay in your bed for an hour scrolling through TikTok, which is also probably one of the worst things that you can have on your phone. Not just because <laughs> the content is just mindless and in, it's, it's, it's basically like a cycle so through sound. Hard. Like my little sister's addicted to TikTok and she's so focused on how many views, how many followers can I get? But it's, it, it's like trying to build themselves up. Mm-hmm. That's why before TikTok, YouTube, it's like everyone wanted to be, yeah, it was vloggers and then streamers and now TikTok because it's like how little effort can we put in to get basically, it's a get rich quick, get, get famous quick, mm-hmm. um, put your name out there. And there's not a lot of art or development into the craft, which is what frustrates me as someone who loves movies. Mm. It's just like, what gets you that monetary gain, not the enjoyment and fulfillment in accomplishing a goal, like making art. Yeah, and I definitely think this conversation has kind of come full circle in terms of, once again, looking back at kind of that currency that you were talking about. Um, and as much as the we laugh at the cyborg analogy and everything, I, I think it was really good what you said in terms of technology being an extension of our livelihoods. And at the end of the day, the only extension of our livelihoods that we should have is the truth of the Bible and the truth of Jesus Christ and God. So if we're having that extension, you know, I would much rather be a child of God burning with the Holy Spirit and overflowing by it than labeled as a cyborg and compared to a (laughs) DC Comics character, right? And I think anyone would agree to that.
And I, I would certainly warn against people who, because I've certainly seen students who say, you know what, I'm going to get off social media for the next year, or staff even do that. And, you know, if I could snap my fingers and get rid of all social media, smartphones, technology, I totally would, because I actually really loved life before them. But this is a part of our culture now, and there are incredible opportunities uh, to be a light with friends and in social media world. And so I would certainly warn against completely pulling back. I mean, it's certainly, it's very gray. It's, it's messy at times, but just because it's messy does not mean that we completely isolate ourselves from it. One thing that is possible, something that I've done is kind of like narrow down my interests on social media, whether it be Reddit or Instagram. Um, basically, it's the things that I really care to see. If someone is posting things that are either unbiblical or things that I disagree with, and I'd rather not like have like hold anything against them in a way, um, especially if they're a brother or sister in Christ, quietly unfollowing them so that what what I see is is beneficial. So like a lot of sports pages, a lot of movie making pages. So at least when I'm scrolling, I'm trying to gain something like with with knowledge or just an appreciation for the art in which I'm studying. If, if you were to do that, there is one warning, is don't create an echo chamber. And what that means is basically it's, it's a group of people that all agree with the same thing and they just like, one, one person says something, they're like, yes, 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 yes. So it's, it's like an echo. It's like everyone agrees on the same thing. So if, if you start to narrow down your um, social interests and it's based on opinion, I would caution against choosing the narrowing down of your interests because of your tastes and how particular you are, because then you will start to find people that will always agree with you. And having difference of opinion is actually healthy, especially in Christian circles, so that you're not like creating an echo chamber and not questioning the things that you're seeing. So yeah, two sides to the, the one point where it, in moderation, control what you're looking at, but at, at, on the other side, don't bring yourself to a point where all you see is what you want to see. Is this why you never liked my blog posts? Oh, I don't no. Know you didn't? I don't have Facebook. I write for WordPress. JordanMansell.wordpress. Cheap plug, Jordan Mansell's blog. <laughs> Check it out. Reaching the summit. Mm, blogged a lot this year. Think about uh, social media etiquette as well. I know that I have been annoyed a lot if I'm in a group conversation or at a weekly meeting or something like that. And if somebody is bored, natural inclination is just to pull out your phone. But maybe boredom is a part of the growth process. Or maybe being a part of a conversation that you don't think is interesting is a part of the growth process as well. Perhaps think about that next time you pull out your phone when you're bored in a conversation. My mom always says, only the bored, well, only the boring get bored. So you <laughs> yourself can control whether or not you're being uh, sustained. Yeah, guys, I think today has been just a really great day um, looking at media, um, looking at the goods, the bads, the uglies, the truths, the lies, and everything. I think there was a lot packed into this episode, and I know that we know that we pray that hopefully someone listening to this was able to find some truth here. So usually, too, in closing, um, we do a reference minute here at Working at the Wheel. But in terms of this topic... I think instead of referencing other podcasts or other mediums that we might normally do, 
Uh, why don't we go around and say our favorite things to do in the outdoors and how to get outside and marvel at God's greatest creation, and that can be our reference minute today. I can start first. Um, this past semester, I have fallen in love with hammocking, and because I purposely put away my phone whenever I go out and I'm able to just lay in God's creation and just find a beautiful place either on campus or like a small drive away that I can really just soak in what he's created for us and just not be surrounded by any technology or any social media presence that's like filled in my head. Uh, for me, Jordan, um, I have always loved the outdoors and have been kind of annoyed by the fact that during the pandemic, everyone's like, oh, let's go hiking. And then my normal spots have been overrun by lots of families <laughs> and kids running you over with their bike. But some other things that I certainly uh, enjoy doing, uh, I love cooking. That's one thing I've discovered uh, in recent months. Uh, bakeries weren't open to make donuts. So I'm like, I'm going to make donuts. And they were the best donuts I've ever had. Uh, and not only that, but I have also discovered a hidden talent in writing. So I put a shameless plug in for my blog, but that's only because a lot of people have been encouraged by the writing that I've done uh, over the summer and the fall. So that is definitely going to continue down the road. Oh, yeah, I like to swim. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. What do you do in the winter months? Don't switch. <laughs> Oh, you can find an indoor pool somewhere, right? No, not anymore. Um, apart from swimming, it'd just be running or just traveling outside. Yeah, where I come from, there's not a lot to see besides corn. So when I come here, honestly, just like walking across campus is super interesting. Crazy to see buildings taller than grain bins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get that. And I think that was a great reference minute, so just another cheap plug. Get outside before it gets too cold. Even if it is too cold, there's plenty of things that we can do outside and with each other. And turn your phone off for a day. See what happens. See how it works. Maybe maybe you can do it a second day, maybe a third, maybe a fourth, and moving on from that. So I think that's it for us here at Working at the Wheel today. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'll be back with our Home Alone series next week, um, so make sure you tune into that. And, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Thanks for having me, Vicki. Yeah, thanks so much, Vicki. This is fun.